Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And we have with us some guests as well. We have Jim and Heather, uh, some good friends from some local conventions that are happening here that you hopefully have heard about on the news. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that not everybody listens to the news episodes <laughs> and the reviews. Dwayne's broken over there. <laughs> <laughs> Restart. <laughs> um, so they, they were with us on our news episode. So if you enjoy their work tonight, go back and listen to the news episode as well. Um, but we're here for a special occasion tonight. Sammy, what are we reviewing? Uh, I believe we're going to be looking at Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back. Boom, boom, boom. And I think in most ratings, I know I'm a weird one, and I think both of you are the weird ones too, but it seems like most people rate this the, the, the best Star Wars number movie. One. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. To most yeah, people, absolutely. this is the number one. This is the most emotionally impacting, best written film, you know, whatever you want to say, Empire's top of the line with most people. Yeah. Right. Heather? I saw you nodding vigorously over there. Whoa. Oh, no. Just, I mean, I lived through this when it first came out. So, I mean, doing this with the cliffhanger and it, I lived this. <laughs> yeah, this was a this was a great movie. And I'm so glad that it wasn't a rehash of Star Wars as, as we're getting into opening thoughts before we knock our grades out here. I'm so glad this wasn't a rehash of Star Wars because Lucas had such a hit. With Star Wars, it was such a phenomenon. He could have just went in and kept everything and just refilmed it and had another hit. Yeah. But he had a story to tell. He took a chance with a director, not a science fiction director. If you look at his work, he's mainly, uh, you know, romantic dr- dramas and things with Urban Kirshner. Urban Kirshner, yes. Yeah. He really took this in a different, uh, to a different place. Let's see Jamie. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're five minutes in and we already found a rabbit trail. Okay. I mean, as far as the direction goes, I mean, you have, and coming coming off of Star Wars, you have a movie that puts these characters in things no one situations no one wants to wants to see, but here it is. It's here probably it is. the the top. It's the best movie of the of the bunch. And, and that in itself is an accomplishment. We will discuss that yeah, as we go. Uh, so let's let's go <laughs> ahead and, and before we go on any more rabbit trail, let's go ahead and grab some grades. Now let's go ahead and grab some grades. Who wants to go first with a grade on this and and a little thought? I, I want to go first. Can I go first? Please. I've been the negative Nelly too many times lately, so I want to go first. A plus. Um, okay. I love this movie. It is near perfection. And I know that I said a few episodes ago that I felt that Rogue One was the best Star Wars movie. And I still stand by that. But Empire knocks my socks off every time I watch this movie. It's um, and it's probably the most important um, Star Wars movie. Um, it's the most like the the world finally starts getting fleshed out. And we start getting a feel for what Jedi really are and how the Force works, all that kind of stuff. Dwayne's flinching over there. Yeah, um, but it's <laughs> but it's just it's just a powerful movie and it's near perfection. I mean the flaws are so minuscule. It's an A plus movie. Okay. And I I wanted to be positive for a change. <laughs> well, thank you for being, sure. for being positive. Heather, you want to go next? Uh, this is one of my favorite movies. I, you know, it 
doesn't have the amazing feel-good moments of Star Wars or Return. However, um, it has that emotional punch, especially, and it touches on so many genres. Mm-hmm. So, I would also give it an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. Okay. Jim, coming around to you. Oh, it, it's an A-plus for me. It, it's kind of the standard bearer for all science fiction movies. Um, and looking back in my 40s, and as my tastes have changed, this is the movie that keeps the Star Wars franchise, as far as top to bottom, uh, best film to worst film, this keeps it just above Fast and Furious franchise for me. So. He's well. not kidding. That is his favorite. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Awesome. Well, of course, as, as we go come around our round table here, uh, my grade, I let the count of the bag on my grades very early on. This is an A-plus for me. Um, all OT, A-plus. All PT, A-minus. All sequels, A. So we're just going to stick with that uh, but yeah this is definitely a plus and this you know like you guys said really touched on so much stuff really fleshed out characters and brought them to a depth that we didn't have the opportunity to see in in episode four new hope so sam um we you start off with no jamie start off so it's your turn now yeah all right uh so if, if we're dealing this then we're just gonna just, just finish it up a plus um you know when i think about this movie this has it's a number of firsts for me. Uh, this was the first of the OT I actually saw in the theater. Uh, I was just a little too young, as we've discussed. My parents were, and I was a little too hopper. Uh, so my parents were a little worried about <laughs> taking me to the theater uh, for A New Hope. So this was really the first of the OT that I saw. Uh, also, it was the first of the DVDs for the OT that I owned. Oh, wow. uh, somehow I ended up with Empire before I ended up with A New Hope or Jedi. Uh, and so I watched this one many, many times. And I think what makes this one so different is, you know, A New Hope ends literally on that positive feel. You know, they've defeated... Except for Chewie. <laughs> for Chewie. <laughs> Didn't uh, get his medal. We'll talk about him getting his medal. <laughs> I know you're excited about that later, Jamie. Uh, but so, uh, the, but the mood is very different here, you know. Unlike a lot of movies in science fiction in the past, you know, when the heroes win the win the battle, then yay, everything's good. Now here it is in this movie, you know, you won the battle in, the, in that first movie, but you've not won the war. Now they're coming at you. Yeah. And I think right off the bat with with the beginning of this movie, it's there. So, you know, yeah, yeah. This is truly the Empire striking back. So you see our heroes taking a beating. You see that toll upon them. Um, uh, hold on. Before we move on, I want to say something. There's some significance, isn't there? Yes. This is only the third movie to enter the Nerds Ring of Honor. That's an A-plus all the way all around. around. So far, it's only been Tombstone, Tombstone, Rogue One, and Empire Strikes Back. Tombstone? Oh, yes. Tombstone. Tombstone. Um, had to have been there. The door is over there. <laughs> yeah. You had to have been there. That, my guess is we all saw it in, around college age. That, I mean – Ninety-four ish. It was ninety-two, ninety-three, yeah. ninety-four. 90. Yeah. I don't think you want my opinion. Um, <laughs> well, there's a window if the door isn't yeah. good enough. I thought that Jim, movie was you could reach her mind. Yeah. Just go cheesy. ahead. I turned that off. Oh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, just, anyway, don't understand. You wouldn't understand. All right, we're down the rabbit trail, ladies. So, but we do have another entrance into the ring. Yes, we do now. So that's that's really great. I'm glad we're getting some esteemed company here. Worthy entrance. Yeah, um, there's a bit of a 
nit I would like to pick with this first paragraph here, Jake. Okay. Three years, it says, after the destruction of the Death Star. I was thinking this was more along the lines of nine months to one year after those events. No, officially, especially since Disney bought it, it is they, they say it's officially a full three officially years. Officially three years, okay. Between Chewie not getting his medal and Hoth. Well, we have to listen to the house. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that way they can publish a hundred comic books in, in between. between yeah. right. Well, they signed the checks. So I mean, come yeah. on. We want to get into our breakdown? So let's go ahead and jump into our breakdown there. Jamie, I think you are, uh, have been uh, the short straw for uh, Yes, I was told to do one. part one. Okay. <laughs> All right, so part one, here we go. Three years after the destruction of the Death Star, the Rebel Alliance has set up a new base on the ice planet of Hoth. The Empire continues to hunt for the new Rebel base by dispatching probe droids across the galaxy. Luke Skywalker is captured by a Wampa while investigating one such probe, but manages to escape from the Wampa's lair. Before Luke succumbs to a hypothermic sleep, the force spirit of his deceased mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, instructs him to go to Dagobah to train under, to train under Jedi Master Yoda. Han Solo locates Luke, and the two are rescued by a search party the next morning. Meanwhile, the probe alerts the Empire to the Rebels' location. They launch an attack to capture the base, which forces the Rebels to retreat. Han and Leia escape with C-3PO and Chewbacca on the Millennium Falcon, but the ship's hyperdrive malfunctions. They hide in an asteroid field, where Han and Leia grow closer amidst tension. Vader summons bounty hunters to assist in finding the Falcon. I said it right the last time. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. You said it right that time. So yeah, we uh, we come to our heroes on this bleak planet, and we see uh, as all Star Wars movies after the crawl, you see the spaceships, you see the star destroyers. It's always an Imperial spaceship in space, launching these little little things that we don't quite know what they are. But we see the probe droid land close to Han and Luke, and Luke's going to go check it out. What did you guys think about the uh, design on the Wampa coming from maybe a special edition Blu-ray or an older school where you don't get to really see it that much? I've always thought it kind of looked like the Bumble from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does have that abominable feel, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, hold on a minute, Heather. Let me turn you back up after you were downing two. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> I don't know if I told you this. Um, my friend Misty is the one that actually designed the Wampa sleeping bag. Oh, oh cool. Cool. I don't know. Have you ever oh, seen the, the Tauntaun sleeping bag? You're right. Yeah, I'm the Tauntaun so sleeping gosh. <clears throat> yes, the Tauntaun sleeping bag. Yeah, oh, yeah. Those are great, the Tauntaun sleeping bags. If you haven't saw them, it's a, uh, it's a sleeping bag. It's a Tauntaun. And as you unzip the side of the, where the belly is, you can crawl inside well, and get warm. You, awesome. you know what the body temperature of a Tauntaun is, don't you? It's lukewarm. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, dad, dad jokes aside. <laughs> oh, that was bad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it was so. But so. you see these guys hiding out and just how desperate they are, you know, in this in this bleak, you know, fast train of nothingness. And <clears throat> what is it that the the general says? Uh, there isn't enough life. No, Han says there is enough life on this planet to fill a nice frigate. Right. And you get the impression, even like even before the Empire shows up, that you know you get the impression like the rebels are in trouble. I mean, this is not you know this victorious army just you know. Marching to you know conquest. I mean, they're in trouble, and they're they're smaller than we imagined from A New Hope, and they're you know it's more of a struggle than it looked like. You know, you're not getting medals every day. You know, 
I don't think even if this movie were made today, I don't think you go with the. I don't think the whole uh, Luke going out to explore and the whole Wampa scene even happens because right. it's so slow. But uh, because now movie making now has to be very frenetic, you know, hit beat 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 beat. Uh, but I mean, it's wonderful to watch this. I mean, going back and watching this, it's just it takes its time, and and you get to breathe. And these small things tell us so much about our characters. You see, Luke, his curiosity is right. still, you know, intact after you know the, his time with the rebels here. And we see him, you know, being as he's hung up by his feet. We see him beginning to use the force to reach for the saber. He pulls the saber to him. Oh, he's grown. In the force, even, you know, and he's still that wide-eyed kid, though. You know, so, yeah, these little beats here and his relationship with Han, you know, as they're as they're talking, and you just see how much they have built a camaraderie, you know, a friendship. And, and we see that Han's character change at the end of A New Hope wasn't a momentary thing. He's yeah. really turned. Like, he was, he was willing to risk his life to go out there and find Luke. Yeah. And he was sticking with these guys. Until you know he runs into the bounty hunter on Ord Mantell. Yeah. You know, and he's, and I love the guy's quote there. He's, well, death marks not an easy thing to live with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's so much greatness here. But uh, as we see that the, the probe droid calls back their location. And I love the design of the probe droid. It looks it just looks cool. Oh yeah, it looks yeah, so definitely. awesome with all the, the it's like a squid almost that yeah. floats around. Uh, my eight year old as always has a great insight. So as we see the um, Imperial officer delivering the report to Vader, as Vader is in his chamber, my son says, is that his yoga ball? <laughs> I'm like, okay, there you go. There's Vader's yoga ball. There you go. Vader's in there you know, doing his stretches, meditating. <laughs> my youngest wanted to, know, wanted to know what happened to his head. It looks kind of gnarly, you know. And well, now, now getting back with with uh, you know some more discussions with Heather and Jim and Sam, Jimmy being a bit younger, this was the first time we saw Vader without a helmet. And I know this, all the schoolyard speculation that we had: is he a robot? Mm-hmm. Is there an actual person underneath that mask? What is going on in there? And you see this scarred, gnarled up head there. Well, and, and just to. Go on to designs as well. I mean, the snow speeders and the you know, versus the adats are. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were the toys everyone wanted. Oh yes, you know they really yes. were. And, and I can remember it's like just wishing, you know, because the snow speeder was actually the first one I bought. Oh, I yeah. remember having that after, um, even though they weren't very effective. But um, no. <laughs> but yeah. still, the design. I just I love that design. Yeah, it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the snow speeders. Yeah, and yeah, the design of this movie is right. so. So spot on. Yeah, it really uh, opens up a world of imagination for kids watching it. It's just amazing. And it was a whole lot of new toys to buy. Because yeah. even the stormtroopers got new outfits. Yeah, they got, yeah. They got the, the snow cobra, trooper, you know, snow the, uh, mm-hmm. cobra commander, little face stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And we have a little bit of a of a shadowing here as we see Vader in uh, his back to tank in Rogue One. We see Luke in the back to tank after his recovery from the Wampa attack. So we see some things right there. So Sammy, I'm surprised he didn't sashay along <laughs> like Vader did. Yeah. Know, yeah. Rogue One. In Rogue One, Vader he had a maybe nice wasn't little sashay going on there. Okay. Oh, so yeah, we, 
somebody else do some talking. Like well, you know, talking way too I, th- much. I think with <laughs> you know, well, well, I think with this, even if you watch the the regular editions, you know, to me, the effects still hold up. You know, the fact that they're using practical effects, they're using stop motion, you know, a lot of very early Mm. blue screen, not even really green screen here, uh, you know, those effects still hold up and they still hold true to the story. I I thought the Wampa looked better before they showed him more. Yeah. Like when he was just sort of in the shadows and you saw right. flashes of him moving, I thought he was a lot more scary before the special editions. I do too, but as I was watching, looking back on the THX version of this before the special editions and some of your digital stuff, some of the wide shots for effects that they were using, the, the little stop animation models, was really jarring when you went from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, from a wide shot to a close-up, it really jarred, I felt, um, in those versions. So I'm, I'm not a huge... As opponent on the digital effects, as some people could be. Well, I, I think especially the Wampa. Like a lot of times, like with horror, like the less you see, the better. Yeah, right. And I think I'm the I think the Wampa is definitely in the camp of that. The less we see of him, is is more intimidating. Mm-hmm. Entirely. Oh, and just from a writing standpoint, you you're, you enter you you open the movie with these are the people who destroyed the Death Star, but now they're forced to run away. They're yeah. forced to you know, retreat. Um, you know, when you're when you're you know five or six years old and trying to absorb that it's, it's a lot yeah it really your is. heroes are not doing well mm-hmm. and then well, with the setting i mean it's an ice planet everything's frozen it's but it's also like a castle yeah yeah they got the base dug into the ice it's like an ice castle it's really neat design i love how they use the ice you know and i or R2 and 3PO arguing, of course it's freezing. Now how are we going to dry all the clothes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, R2 tinkering with the heater, apparently. Well, I wanted, I wanted to ask you all, too, because um, I know you all saw this. You know, by the time I saw it, I, this the, the trilogy was completed. I didn't see these things as individual you know, pieces. Um, what did you all think when Obi-Wan appears? Because I know at the end of New Hope, we just have the voice have in the voice. trench run. What did you all think when he kind of appears and looks, sees him? Did you think he was just hallucinating? That was a really confusing thing for me because he was kind of the blue hazy, like the Leia's blue hazy, uh, you know, uh, transmission through yeah. R2. So the hollow transmission. Yeah, the, the hollow transmission. That was kind of uh, confusing to me. I was like, is, what's, what's going on here? Is he seeing a, a recording? Is he a ghost? Is Luke hallucinating? You know, wh- what do you guys think about that? It wasn't until I was older that I realized that, you know, Obi-Wan's, you know, final warning to Vader is if you strike me down, I'll be, become more powerful than you could ever imagine or something mm-hmm. similar to that yeah. but um you know when as a kid you see it oh you know well uh you know he's just a little voice that speaks to luke but as you're older it's like wow he's a voice that speaks to luke he is you know he's here, he, yeah. he can he can be his his guidance you know without him being there so yeah he went from yeah. jiminy cricket right. as the conscience to mm-hmm. the ghost of christmas present right <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's just a matter of perspective but you know it, it, it does uh you know, from an adult's eyes to a child's eyes, it's a little bit different yeah. you know, in perspective. You know, and I think now especially you can see from this perspective of as Luke develops in the Force, Obi-Wan can connect to him more. Right. You know, and, and then eventually when we see Obi-Wan at the end of this, he's more fully formed. So to me, as Luke grows you know, more his competent connection. in the Force, his connection to the Force grows. And I think you see Obi-Wan much, much more fully. That is such a great observation. Well, thank you. 
No, yeah. I'm just saying. No, it's good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the, yeah. the IQ points on the show, the average went up when we brought Sammy on board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to have somebody actually come and make sense of what we were saying. <laughs> but I, I, mean, the, I really love the Battle on Hoth, though. I mean, it's weird. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, do those little strings, would they really bring down an edit? I mean... I kind of wonder about it sometimes, but it's just such a cool battle that I, I, I kind of turn off my brain a little bit. I'm like, just roll with it. It, look, it looks cool. It. It's exciting. Uh, I just, I love the Battle of Hall. Yeah. When and it really think- shows you how they're trying to, um, how they're trying to work with what they've got. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. figure out how to take the edits down. Yeah, that was really to their desperation. Heather, I apologize. Go ahead, please. No, 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 it's okay. Um, I remember when I was a kid watching that, feeling that, that, absolute desperation and panic because mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, those little pilots up against those big mm-hmm. walking, stalking machines. I thought they were done for. I really, I mean, I, I knew that there was a significant amount of movie left, but I thought that they were done for. They, they, they look like gnats buzzing at a huge animal. Yeah. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. it's you, such you a contrast. Yeah, you, know, you yeah. have an elephant walking with a bunch of right. flies around. Yeah, and, and even though they found the weak spot on the on the on the head ads, it still wasn't a miracle cure. You know, they yeah. still had to go. Still I mean, had to get them yeah, down. Right. Yeah. yeah. But once again, it's Luke who comes through and mm-hmm. you know discovers that he can affect their weak points. Yeah, you tie up their legs, knock them down, and hit them behind the head. But I'm sorry, he would have broke his neck dropping from that height. (laughs) (laughs) He cushioned himself with the force. Okay, yeah, there you go. (laughs) I love love the the robot chicken episode where uh, Luke throws the grenade into the hatch and it shows the inside on the robot chicken and it's a stormtrooper sitting on the toilet. If you ever see that, that's a ton of fun. What do we think about the Falcon breaking down? Um, when um, when Ray calls it garbage in The Force Awakens, I think she had seen Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> no, it never works never, in this movie. Never worked right. <laughs> Never worked right. Yeah, I love it that Han is just so flustered with this machine. He's running through. He's slapping the wall to make it work. He's, he's, you know, essentially cursing at it in Star Wars. You know, if if, if Star Wars were allowed cursing, yeah. Um, he's just, you know, so you know, let's hope we don't have a blowout. See, I told you. you know, and and, and it all looks this stuff is going on so much grungier. Yeah. That is New Hope. Like it looks dirtier inside and out. It, it yeah. had taken a beating between then. There, I would love to have seen the adventures. Uh, you know, I know we have the Splinter of the Mind's Eye book and a, and a few other little things. To talk Marvel about will sell you those comic books. Oh, I'm sure they will. <laughs> I'm sure they. I'm sure they will. But uh, yeah, my my direct uh, sequel to uh, to A New Hope was you know Splinter of the Mind's Eye, where you right. see kind of what happens in between. And I'll tell you, the Rogue One video game was a ton of fun. It shows the uh, the evacuation from Yavin. And how they go through nebulas and asteroid fields and stuff to get away. It's a ton of funny figures a chance to play it. You know, we were talking about Han's growth as a character. You know, I think this is where we really start seeing the interaction between Han and Leia. Yeah. And we start getting a feel for the type of relationship and how their relationship will work on a, on a level that, that I think even young kids can understand. You know, the b- little bit of bickering back and forth. I mean, those types of things that that I, I think, you know, to me, a, a good relationship is one where you can do that. Mm-hmm. And I think it starts laying those those lines in there. And I think in A New Hope, it looks pretty one-sided. 
Yes. Like yeah. Han's into Leia. Leia not so much. Right, <laughs> right. And in, a, in an Empire, we kind of see that it is a two-way street. Yeah. And yeah. she is so much in denial. And I love when he goes in and he's like, well, I guess this is farewell, princess. She said, yep. <laughs> the look on his face and I you know I've always known that it was a you know that it got at him but today and even today I watched it and I was like that just ripped his little heart out you know and stomped yeah. on it he was so broken with that and he's like well, yeah and he lashed out at her to keep from you know emotions himself but well, she keeps it going too she's like well yeah the rebellion needs good pilots yeah like, <laughs> you're a natural leader <laughs> yeah. she just keeps digging that hole in oh yeah and then of course you know this is where where we get the first you kissed your sister yeah, type yeah. Of situation mm-hmm. right. so and you know in 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 hindsight going back and seeing that you know you're kind of like okay so but from that scene we also get one of the best like put down lines ever as he's Han is called a half-witted scruffy looking nerf herder. I love the only so, thing he's mad about is getting called scruffy looking. Scruffy, scruffy looking. <laughs> and, and I do have to say back in the day when chat rooms first started up, okay, that was my handle scruffy nerf herder. So. <laughs> and then don't forget the outtake there, you know, with the kiss. Uh, yeah, there's an outtake that actually happens, I believe. Isn't it like right when uh, Luke is in, come, right after he comes out of the back of the tank? Yeah. And then, um, yeah. Wasn't there an outtake there? I think it no, actually it, happened. It wasn't actually an outtake. No, oh, Leia kisses, I'm she, so she, sorry. Leia kisses Luke. Yeah, Leia, morning, yeah. Leia kisses Luke in front of Han. But I thought there was more to it, actually, in the outtake. Oh, there, there, there may, may have been, yeah, but I, there, yeah. There yeah, but that, but that whole scene, I mean, yeah, you, that you, is you, just you awkward. Tell, Five levels of awkward. <laughs> yeah, but you can tell though that she's not kissing Luke to be kissing Luke. She's kissing Luke to mess with Han. Oh right? yeah. yeah, oh yeah, entirely. And then of course Chewie laughs and you know, laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> I mean, such great, you know, kind of interaction between these characters. Now you can see that they've grown t- closer throughout the course of this. And I and I feel like Luke is getting some help with the script. Help too. I think I felt like the, the dialogue felt more natural in this one. Yeah. Well, this was a uh, Kasdan. Yeah. Lawrence Kasdan's yeah, first Kasdan run at Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you have you know Lucas's story being handed off to Kasdan, who done the writing. Yeah. Um, there was another lady. Uh, talk a little bit. I'm gonna Google something. Lee Brackett. Brackett. Yes. Yeah, Lee Brackett. Yeah, that, that, had, that had a pass at it too. But Kasdan, I think, was the final screenwriter, and I think he's responsible for most of the dialogue. And it just feels more natural, like things that people would really say to each other. Well, it's just like even, you know, in this part with Vader, I mean, there, there's so many little things. You know, when he sh- does the force choke on Admiral Ozzel <laughs> and then looks and says, you know, talks to Captain Piet and then the next sentence, you know, calls him Admiral, Admiral. Piet. I mean, yeah. he, he, he got you know, his promotion that quick, you know. <laughs> but just that little line, I mean, to me just shows – you know, kind of the fun of the character too. But uh, but also, we talked a lot in New Hope about how unclear it was where Vader was on the organizational yeah, on chart. The organizational chart. <laughs> and, but <laughs> everybody fell in love with Darth Vader. It's very clear where he's at on now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's everybody answers to him. Mm-hmm. And I love that they grew his snarkiness, his wit. Yeah. Instead of just having him being just a, a hulking behemoth, he actually says, you know, like you said, as he was talking. He gets promoted to captain. I and mean, he's as clumsy as he is stupid. You know, and just, he has some great lines. 
Well, you want to grab part two for us? Well, real quick, the Falcon is escaping through the asteroid field, and is it here where we meet the bounty hunters? I'm thinking. Yes, I because they can't they can't really, track them down. Really want to talk about these bounty hunters now. The Falcon is is leading Careful. the chase through the yeah, through the asteroid <laughs> field. They're hiding out in a cave in an asteroid, and then we see the bounty hunters. These guys look pretty ba. That's, I was yeah. fascinated by those guys. Still am to this day. Yeah. And Love how, the bounty many, how much expanded universe stuff and how many stories have come across just these well, five guys standing there. Yeah. And whoever was in charge of like the, the character design and stuff, I mean, I hope they won some awards. I mean, because just, just the glimpses we get of those people, they're so cool and intriguing. Yeah. And then, of course, there's you know the infamous Kenner mix-up between Zookas and Forlom. So yeah. They uh, they, they labeled them incorrectly on the action figure. So for years, I called them by the name that was on my action figure package. So we have Zuckus, who is the insectoid-looking one. Uh-huh. Forlom, who is the robot. Yep. Dengar, who is the toilet paper armor man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boba Fett, of course. And IG-88, IG-88, the robot. Okay. I think we may have just had our new nerdiest conversation Bosk. on the show. I forgot it's about Bosk. 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 Lizard, oh. yeah, Lizard Man Boss. <laughs> Probably one of my first... Well, you know, action figures. Yeah, and it was great because you didn't have any idea what who they were, yeah. their backstory, but you had the toy. So you had this is where your imagination takes over again. Yeah. After the movie's over, you have the toys. It's like, you know, you, and all you have to do. I mean, you have, you have to make it up. You have to make it up what they can do, what the, how they how they communicate, everything. Uh, how many adventures and sequels and prequels mm-hmm. have we had exactly. with these guys? Right. Yeah. Was I the only one that had to put tape around Bosk's arm to keep his blaster in his hand, though? Yeah, he did yes. have kind of no, weird. It, was, yeah. it would fall out constantly. I had to put scotch tape around his arm. So. <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah, he did have some weird appendages. See, it got nerdier. <laughs> I actually had two or three different um, Leia's from the original Star Wars because she was actually so delicate and so slender. Her head her head, off. her head broke off constantly, yes. Yeah, my, so my mom had to buy me multiple layers. Not only that, I think um, I played with her so much that I got rid of the paint on her hair buns. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Mom right. was super. Her head was super glued on. Yeah. Yeah, Night 88 had problems with the rifle, I remember, because his hands were like pinchers. You could like actually move yeah. back and forth. It didn't. They weren't very firm. So. No. Well, and if if you hadn't heard our discussion with uh, episode four, New Hope, you know we talked about our disgust with Disney saying finally Star Wars has a strong female character with Rey. We've had her all along, our that's princess, right. Princess Leia. She's always kicked butt and took names. And that, and that's not Rey's fault. That's not anybody who was no, involved. That was purely the marketing, purely marketing, the way they marketed country, The Force yeah. Awakens, and I. To this day, I'm still outraged on yeah. Carrie Fisher's behalf. <laughs> okay, well, let's jump into part two here. I'm, I'm moving this right along and uh, keeping it faster, more intense. Part two, Luke, meanwhile, escapes with R2-D2 in his X-Wing and crash lands on Dagobah. He meets a small creature who reveals himself to be Yoda, who reluctantly accepts Luke as his student. After evading the Imperial fleet, Han's group travels to Cloud City, which is run by Lando Calrissian, Billy D, Colt 45. The bounty hunter Boba Fett has tracked the Falcons shortly after their arrival. Lando betrays the group to Darth Vader. Vader plans to use the group as bait to lure out Luke, intending to capture him and take him to Emperor Palpatine. 
Luke experiences a premonition of Han and Leia in pain and abandons his training to rescue them. Okay, I've got a quick question. This is just one of those weird things that my, my brain does weird things. So are we okay with Luke just going AWOL? I mean, does he need to serve some time at the brig when he gets back? Because he doesn't tell anybody. He just flies away. Well, now you see him and R2 having the discussion, and he tells R2, he's like, no, we're not going to join up with the fleet. We're going to Dagobah. And R2 twiddles back at him, and he says, no, I'm going to keep it on manual control. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, he's, 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 he is kind of slipping off. You yeah. Know? He's, he's kind of going on, going on his, off the reservation, so to speak. Jedi are so sketchy. <laughs> well, you know, and I guess that's a thing as kids, and, and I'm dealing with, with this with my six year old now and he's like I want to be a I want to be a soldier I want to be an army man I want to be an army man and I'm like okay you know you, you got to take orders and he's like nope <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you know he's like I want to be a police officer I'm like you know there's rules okay you know <laughs> and he wants to you know find something heroic and, and, and manly to do like this so I may just have him be a Jedi he can do his own thing there you go <laughs> but so um you you brought up your kid. So when so we we had my youngest one is my Star Wars fan. The older one could care less. And so we were watching this again. I was watching it with her, of course, because I'm the only one to watch Star Wars without her. Um, so Yoda pops back up on screen. Well, she's watched more of the prequels lately than mm. Empire. And so he walks out. She goes, Daddy. He looks like a Muppet. So I have to pause the movie. He's playing to her. There's a good reason for that. Because he does. Because Frank Oz is awesome. That's right. Okay, okay. you remember you know, Miss Piggy? Same guy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the story they would tell about on set that you could always tick Frank Oz off by telling him that Yoda sounded like Grover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and I've talked about like I've mentioned before, like my IMDb Hall of Fame people. Uh-huh. I got so we, well, while that was paused, while she was having her mind blown that you know Yoda was a Muppet, I've, I clicked on Frank Oz's IMDb page. Oh wow, it's wild. Mm-hmm. The stuff he's done, I'm the stuff he's too. directed, um, how many different Muppets he's done. I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, it's it's. I'm not sure he's in the IMDb Hall of Fame, but it's close. I mean, oh yeah, he's got to be up there. Yeah. You know, but when you think about it, even though he was a puppet, I mean, he still brought this character to life. And we believed this was a Jedi Master. Yeah. And this is before, you know, and we Jedi no Kermit in uh, yeah. Episode 2, right? Yeah, we had no clue what a Jedi Master was at this yeah. point. You know, so you've got this little green guy kind of like, okay. And we all speculated, is he a human that has aged to the point of just degrading down to that, or is he some kind of other weird alien? Is, is he a, is a Jedi what he is? You know? <laughs> yeah, there was all that speculation. Jim, what was your thoughts of, of Yoda when you first see him? Well, not so much of Yoda. Well, with Yoda, I love the interaction with, with him and Luke at the very beginning. Um, but really what strikes me, what I have to talk about when it comes to Luke and Dagobah, this is the first reveal that the Skywalkers are such whiny, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm like, such whiny little kids. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna say something else. But um, they're they're whiny. They're petulant. They um, they really aren't fun to be around. <laughs> so, so with Anakin, the sand got everywhere, and with Luke, the right. mud got everywhere. Well, yes, yeah, so yeah, Yoda was go. making a mess. Don't touch that. You know. <laughs> And you know, finally, yeah, exactly. And then Yoda has to put him in his place, and then 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 he's down to business. But before that, um, 
it just everything that became laid out with with Anakin in in the prequels made a lot of sense after seeing Luke uh, interact with Yoda for the <laughs> that, first time. That is true. That is true. You know, they always say once you meet the parents, you understand the kids. Yes. So. <laughs> but but no, but the, when going back to Yoda though, it's like you know all you hear are Jedi 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 Jedi, and this is the last Jedi Master mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, and even then, it doesn't really make sense until you go back to episode two. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. But if you can stomach it, mm-hmm. right? Going back if you can make it that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to episode two briefly, um, I think that that fight with Yoda was one of the major high points. I will. Um, oh, thoughts. Oh, nothing, just one more thing. One more thing about uh, Luke and Yoda. Uh, I did love the the scene where he's running through the swamp with Yoda on his back yeah. when he's starting his Jedi training, because then you get to see um, the potential of a Jedi unlock when he's starting to, yeah, the you, know, you know, when he's going to, you know, running around flipping and, and he's got Yoda on his, in his backpack. It's just it's great. It's, it's great to rewatch. Yeah, and I think in that that area too is one of the most evocative scenes for this movie. Mm, is right. when he goes into that cave and has the fight with Vader, and the mask comes off, and it's Luke's and it's face. Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's such a powerful scene. That also evoked moments a little bit from mind, uh, Splinter in the Mind's Eye, mm-hmm. because there's actually a scene there, I believe, that's very reminiscent. Very of that. similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, Luke and Vader actually have a sword fight in Splinter in the Mind's Eye. They actually have another encounter. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of similar to going into the cave. It actually happened in Splinter. So. <clears throat> um, but now the uh, all the training, you know, and stuff that Luke goes through, uh, and you know his interactions with Yoda really sold that character. We get to learn so much about the Force, yeah. you know, the the lifting the rocks and the energy field that flows through and binds us together. We actually get to see, you know, Yoda and Luke doing that. Uh, but now we have the Falcon escaping the giant worm in the asteroid and running from the, the Star Destroyers. And and Boba's too cool for school. Boba's I mean, way too cool yeah, for school. Yeah, he, he, he knows what Han's doing immediately. And it's not, he's, I mean, he does follow him a little too close, though. I don't know how Han didn't see him in the rear view. Yeah, the sensors didn't pick up Slave 1 there. But it was <laughs> awfully close. Yeah, he was like right <laughs> on his tail. But Slave 1's different than any other ship we've ever seen. I mean, that's, exactly. of course, Boba's so cool. His, his ship was like, oh, he's on a different axis. Yeah, ship so awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, really I don't much. know if anybody had it. I actually had it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have very many playsets. I had more figures. I didn't have very many of the playsets or ships. But that was one of the ones that I had, and I, I was in heaven. And the fact that it had a handle on the bottom, on the so, bottom. so it could you could fly, fly it, you know, vertically. vertically. Yeah, right. I didn't understand that. I still flew it the you know the standard you know kind of way you would think a, a plane would fly. Uh, but after seeing the movie and seeing how that, and I always wonder why does the seat invert like that? And you know, so it was kind of cool. The, the toy really gave us a chance to kind of see the, more of the inner workings and how the Slave One worked than what we saw right. in the movies. And just the psychology that it, it is, it's on a vertical axis and, and he's actually upright following you. you yeah. Know, it's, it's wonderful. So, Good stuff. And then they get to Cloud City. Wait. And we meet the coolest oh. guy in Star Wars. But you missed the most important scene. Okay. Oh, we did. Between Leia and Han and, you know, all that sexual tension. <laughs> and then, like, you know, but my hands are dirty. <laughs> yeah. My hands are dirty, too. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Pretty sure Han's hands are always dirty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you, but that was such a a, a a scandal essentially in Star Wars at that at that time. You're like, they actually physically touch their lips together, you know, and, and always in the past they were just you know snarking back and forth and and the kiss between Luke and Leia uh, over the Death Star Trench was so brief. And we knew what she was trying to do was completely not involved with Luke. You know, when she was trying to make Hanjels. And here we have this moment. Yeah. And we see the... I've heard different time frames of, of the that chase there being anywhere from a day or two to like three months to take them to get to Cloud City. Mm. So, you know, the time... Well, that makes sense. There, it yeah. gives, that gives Luke more time to be trained on Dago, but it's mm-hmm. more time with Yoda. Well, and with that scene also, if you ever do get to Walt Disney World and Star Wars Galaxy, you can recreate that. They have a yeah. place on their Falcon In that the Falcon, you can get, you can recreate that scene and get a photo op. So, <laughs> and Heather's looking Let's at Jim. Let's start saving up. <laughs> Man, Disney wants all our yeah. dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that that would be a really a really awesome photo op, you know, thing to do. Uh, as I've heard about the ride, you actually have like what, three or four people to pilot the yeah. Falcon. You have a gunner, you have a pilot, a co-pilot, and an engineer. An engineer. And uh, they everybody run, has think, a job. I think they have four instances running at the same time. They have four separate cockpits mm-hmm. set up. And as you're going to it, there's different places where you can go in and, and into that alcove and have a little kissy moment, a little intimate. Yep. Did you know Nathan Fillion's got pictures of the Falcon on his Instagram right now? No, I did not know that. Ooh. Yeah. It's well, he was basically sweet. Han Solo on Firefly. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Mel Reynolds was just a little bit more bitter Han Solo. A bitter, a bitter Han. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. But, yeah, so we have that intimate moment, which really – and, you know, she quietly slips off. From Han and Han's left wanting. Yeah. But it shows that she, she does have those feelings, but she doesn't maybe want to have those feelings. Yeah, and she's, she's uncomfortable with she's where that relationship's to going. Remember, she likes nice men. I am a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the beats on this movie with the personal relationships, you know, when you put these personal relationships in this context in a science fiction movie, it just brings out so much more heart and emotion because. Previous to Star Wars, like you've seen, everything was 2001. THX 1130. Everything was pristine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything was spotless. Is, there was is, no emotions allowed right. in THX. Sure, but, but it seems like those are just so unique to Empire out of all the Star Wars franchise. I mean, mm-hmm. You really don't have that. I mean, you don't have that with, with Anakin and I don't even want to get into that. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that, that, that relationship, and if, if you listen to our discussions on episodes mm-hmm. one, two, and three, right. that relationship was so strained, and it mm-hmm. was so – they had such trouble. I don't know if it was actor chemistry, if they really weren't given that direction to make it that awkward, or if it was just where Anakin didn't have experience you know, with women. He was stuck on the right. stuck in the Jedi Temple talking to Jocasta Nu. You know. Well, this one was with – Character chemistry and real life actor chemistry. Life actor. Yeah, they had uh, some, yeah. some scandal on set. I understand. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. But uh, as they, you know, we bring another guy into this triangle here. Our Lando Calrissian, Billy D. Williams. So much. <laughs> How D. much coolness did he bring to Star Wars? 
I love all really? of Cloud City. I love Lobot. I love <clears throat> the way the city is designed. I, lo- I even love the way the landing pads work that you get in and out of Cloud. The whole thing. I just I, lo- I love Cloud City. And the cloud cars too. It's like the oh, cloud, yeah. cloud yeah. cars. So, cloud pilots, cloud it's so inefficient, you know. The, the yeah. cloud cars, but they're great. The, the style's great, but it's like really you have to have two people to to pilot this. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted about the dual pod vehicle. Oh, and the world building. I oh mean, Star Wars is amazing, but the world building and the aliens. Mm-hmm. But in particular, I love the color palette of mm-hmm. Cloud City yeah. that with rose. the rusts and yeah. the blues, oh, and yeah. just amazing. It really is truly beautiful. And as Lando says to Leia, you know, you really belong here with us among the clouds. <laughs> you know, who have what have we here? <laughs> Trying to be smooth, um, but you know, and we don't know because Han, even when he approaches him, is kind of like, well, "Just stay close, Chewie." You know, he don't quite know. That was a long time ago. Surely he's forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the uh, lore of the Falcon previously belonging to Lando, and and how all that come about. And you know, I don't know if we were let down by the solo movie with how that transpired or, or I thought it was I personally thought it was great I know a lot of people didn't but you know all of the stories we told ourselves you know along these years yep so uh, yeah where are we at here Boba Fett tracks them to Clown City so yeah we are going to go ahead and take a quick break here and uh, we'll oh but before, before we leave Cloud City the initial land of confrontation um, I love the scene where Han what where they opened up the door and Darth Vader's waiting for them. Oh, yeah. And, exactly. oh, it's iconic. and you get that first it's like, okay, well what's yeah. what's what's Vader gonna do if someone try, like Han tries to shoot him? Like, yeah, when they're yeah, yeah, when they come around that corner, yeah, yeah that, that betrayal so, there, yeah, so, before we I mean, go ahead and get it, into it's that. Where you first learn that a blaster's useless. You oh, know, yeah, all those... these guys these I mean, even no matter how cool you think Han is or Leia is or Chewie, they're not gonna they have they can't do anything. They're against not gonna stand against Vader, yeah. no. They don't have a chance. Yeah. And you see that betrayal like well Thanks, buddy. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. what you're having there. Yeah. yeah. It's complete. But, Took me, I was floored probably like the first probably five years that I watched that movie mm-hmm. during that scene. You know, oh, such a <gasps> great... he's there. Mm-hmm. And and on even just that scene with the contrast between Vader and then all this white banquet <laughs> room. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, I mean, there. just visually it was stunning. Mm-hmm. And, and this whole scenes, series of scenes in the movies, they're kind of playing with, okay, who is Lando? Yeah. Where, what side is Lando on? What's, he, what's he his game? Yeah. And we have 3PO getting blown up you know, in a <laughs> oh, corridor you know, uh, during this section as well. So you know, all of these things are happening. It seems to be doing pretty well, but there's all these little things that are amiss. Yeah. Is, he, is he a friend? Is he not? Yeah. Really play well close to the chest. So we'll break and be back momentarily. So here we go. And welcome back. And we are going to get into part Three of our commentary of The Empire Strikes Back. Intending to hold Luke by imprisoning him in carbonite, Vader selects Han to be frozen as a test subject. Han survives the process and is given to Fett, who plans to collect the bounty on him. Lando frees Leia and Chewbacca, but they're too late to stop Fett from departing with Solo. But they escape aboard the Falcon. 
Meanwhile, Luke arrives and engages Vader in a lightsaber duel. Vader severs Luke's right hand, disarming him. <laughs> that was so bad. Sure. And tempts him to join the dark side. Luke accuses Vader of murdering his father, but Vader reveals that he is Luke's father. Horrified, Luke drops into the air shaft and is ejected beneath the city, where he hangs on an antenna. He reaches out telepathically to Leia, who senses him and persuades Lando and Chewie to turn back. After Luke is brought aboard, they escape and rejoin the rebel fleet. Luke's severed hand is replaced with a robotic hand. Lando and Chewbacca depart in the Falcon to save Han. In Han's clothes, by the way. That's right. <laughs> what? Lando didn't have time to pack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was a commissary on one of those ships. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly certain, though. Is that the only time we... Uh, this is a rabbit trail, I'm sorry. I think it's the only time we see Lando without a cape, right? Is when he's wearing Han's clothes? Yeah, I believe so. I think every other second he's on screen, he's got a cape. Because <laughs> yeah, even in Return of the Jedi, he has the cape. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So. And, and Donald Glover's always sporting the cape. Always. That's right. <laughs> I love his portrayal of uh, Lando. But yeah, we see here uh, the results of the betrayal. Yeah. We see Vader torturing. Huh? We don't see him tortured Leia, but we get the, the feel for that when they're put into the room together. And Chewbacca's just kind of stuck in there with the car alarm going off. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought it was kind of telling, too, about how like, dastardly Vader was. Because when Han comes back, he's like, they didn't even ask me any questions. They were just torturing him to be torturing. Mm-hmm. Okay, is it weird, or do you guys see a trend here? Leia gets her planet blown up, and she winds up comforting Luke. Leia gets tortured, Han gets tortured, she winds up comforting Han. I mean, where is her me time? <laughs> when does she get a spot in? That's how strong Leia is. <laughs> she's so strong that she's always good and has more to give to everybody else. Well, Vice Admiral Holdo says, you taught me how. When she said, I can't take it anymore. She said, you taught me how. <laughs> you know, but with the, uh, with the carbon... Carbon not sane. Um, you know, I think it's very telling, you know, with Chewbacca. I think it's a good moment for Chewie as a character. And I think Peter Mayhew did a really good job bringing this out as far as the sorrow overseeing, yeah. you know, Han, but also taking up the mantle of protector for Leia. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that's even though this character, you know, grunts and growls and all these things, you can tell just through the body language between him and Han the respect they have for one another. Right. But yeah. it, it is one of the, if not the greatest, um, exchanges of dialogue. Yeah. And not just sci fi, not just Star Wars movies, but in all movies. And, um, honey, would you like to recreate it? I love you. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We actually have those as t-shirts, and we've worn them to all the Star Wars openings since we've been together. Yes. And some days I'll actually wear the Leia shirt, and she can wear the Han shirt. Oh, that's so nice. We are equal opportunity here. And and wasn't it, and I think Heather was the one who told me, I think that was an ad-lib by... Harrison yeah. Ford. Yeah, I love the story of that. The, they apparently had done take after take after take, and it was not working. And Kirshner is like, I don't know what to do. And Harrison says, let's do it again. And he says, 
I know. And curses. Yep, that's it. That, <laughs> that, that is your Han Solo moment right there. Yep, that's, that's the man. But I do have one question about that scene. Um, I don't understand the necessity of it. Like, why did Vader... Because the whole point was to test it to see if he could put Luke in carbonite. Yep. Why did he have to put Luke in carbonite? Or so can he, he just could, knock him out? So he could safely him transport him to the Emperor. Well, can he just knock him out and throw him in a luggage rack or something? I mean, <laughs> I mean why does he have to put him in carbonite? <laughs> so that they can freeze Han, and Han can get that moment, and they can go back yeah. later and rescue him. That's exactly why they had to throw him <laughs> in carbonite. Um, now, I, I guess, you know, you see how dangerous a Jedi can be. You know, Vader's taking these precautions. Yeah. We've got this, so let's test it out. And... Uh, if, if you get into Star Wars lore a little bit, which I'm not going to do, you can kind of see, you know, this has happened before. If you read the EU, there's different instances of people being frozen okay. and kept for long times and, and how the carbonation sickness, you know, how, how Leia knew that there was a, such a thing as carbonation sickness. Um, I guess also how they knew that it could go wrong. You know, this could be a facility that is not up to the task of freezing a human. I was just curious. Yeah. I just like when they explained the reasoning about them, I was like, mm, I don't think I'd noticed. It was a little bit squirrely there. I, I, and because years later, it would make an awesome coffee table. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or the front of a refrigerator. Uh, yeah, but so like all across the galaxy, you know, Luke has heard Han's screams when he was being tortured and not asked questions, and so he so he's rushed to Cloud City. Always in motion, the future is. And uh, and falls into the trap, and he has that just epic encounter with Vader mm -hmm. and it's so just visually you know stunning but it's also emotionally powerful because oh, Luke looks so pitiful during that fight I mean it's like when uh, especially when Vader's hurling all the things and, and Luke just can't swat just can't get those it, things yeah. back and just getting battered yeah. um, you know this is our hero this is our main guy and he's not faring very well at all and, and you can't help but feel for him you know yeah. it's just helpless he's taking the beating yeah and yeah. he's all sweaty and clammy and I love the first half of the duel. Vader's just one-handing yeah. with the mm -hmm. saber. He's just—it's it, almost like he's toying with it. Yeah, yeah entirely. And then he says, "Impressive, most, most impressive. impressive." Right. But then he has to humiliate him. I mean, yeah, then he has to just break him down. Yeah. Well, and then and he, so after he he has won the fight and he's you know crushed him, he's got him out there and he even like breaks his spirit by revealing you know, he's his well, father. What I mean, he's, he, he's what already he's, won the fight by that point. Well, what he's doing is you're learning what the Sith are at this point. You're learning about, okay, he is now getting his apprentice to overtake the Emperor. Together, we can rule. Yeah. You and me, we can go and defeat the Emperor. We can defeat this guy. And we can roll. We can do this. And he's offering Luke this power. And you learn, you know, that's what the Sith is. They betray each other. They they are in power until their apprentice can become strong enough to take their power away. So you see Vader offer that to Luke. Do you, do you think the Emperor's like, end game was to get... Luke and then ditch Vader. Yeah, did they yeah. were they were both yeah, playing at that, that game entirely. Right. Yeah, yeah. In, in Jedi. Yeah. Did you guys ever play the What If game? What if What if Luke had accepted Darth Vader, his father's offer at that at that stage? Oh, we love the What If stuff here. I know. <laughs> I mean, it, well, because would it have been a bad thing? Because Luke still has his. Luke wouldn't have been turned evil necessarily. It wouldn't have been something traumatic to turn him. He'd still be Luke, but he'd be by his father's side. Is his, you know, I mean, we know what Darth Vader's become, but he's also freed from the influence of the Emperor. I mean, who knows what he, he could have been with Luke's influence at yeah. that at that stage? 
Well, um, along those lines, didn't they cl- they clone Luke using the hand in the EU? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. In the EU, uh, you have uh, in the uh, the Thrawn series. Yep. Um, you have Luke with two U's. Of course, mm-hmm. he was better than the novel. Just till <laughs> we could be sure he was evil, Luke with two U's. Yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, the um, the Thrawn series by Timothy Zahn. Heir um, to the Empire. Heir to the Empire. Mm-hmm. Right. Dark Force Rising last and The Last Command, yes. And then later on, they actually have a clone for the Emperor. Mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. Uh, yep, in uh, the uh, Dark Empire. Yeah, and Dark the Empire, comics. the comics yeah. from Dark Horse at the time. Yeah, and you find out there was a whole storehouse of Emperor clones at different stages. And his essence would go from one to the other. Of course, it was really cool. So, Rabbit Trail. Um, <laughs> but but in, in this, back to the scene. In this, in this scene, so Luke loses his history. He loses his hand. He loses his fight, and then he falls and just, you know, commits suicide, basically. Do you think Luke believed the truth that Vader was telling him? Because I know a lot of us didn't at the time. It can't be. How can that be possible? You know, a lot of us did not buy that at the time. It, it seemed like he knew. I mean, looking back now, we know that Vader's telling the truth, but it looks like on you know Luke's face that he's the horror comes, but not just because Vader said this, because he knows that it's true. Yeah, yeah, I, you I, can see the despair. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where the Jedi training kind of comes into. That he senses the truth of that, you know. And and I love the story too that uh, they couldn't keep David Prowse shut up enough to give him the right line. Yeah. Did you know that? The line that David Prowse read from the paper, he said, Obi-Wan was your father. Nobody else knew that aside from Irvin Kershner and George Lucas. Irvin Kershner took Mark Hamill aside before they filmed that scene. He said, this is what he's going to say. This is what he is going to say when it's finished. React to this one. This is a rabbit trail. I'm sure you guys covered this, but um, Prowse didn't know he was going to be dubbed in the first movie. No, he movie. did not know yeah. he was going to be dubbed at all, and he did not know he was going to be stood in by Peter Diamond you know, multiple times in the suit. He had a really rough time on those shoots, yeah, especially in uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, David Prowse really did. But I just, I just think it's telling. Like, New Hope ends on such a high uh-huh. point. And this movie, I mean, it's just the polar opposite. I well, mean, well, this everything is, the second, is this bad. This is the second act of a play. Right. This is where it's, everything it's is the depart. dark act. Yes, and and it and ends very solemn. You know, I mean, I mean, the the rebels have have destroyed the Death Star in the first movie, but now they're beaten, and they're in a place they never wanted to be. Yeah, so. Han's gone. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't know if he's going to survive being reanimated or whatever. I mean, you know, and they're just escaping. They've not won anything. They're just getting away. That's all yeah, they've managed. That's all they're doing is just to get out. Half a rabbit trail. Um, <laughs> this was this was Han's uh, concession. This was Harrison's concession to play Han here was to freeze Han so he wouldn't have to come back for episode yeah. six. And he wanted an out. He he was you know. He was Indiana a, Jones. He was a difficult old man before he was an old man. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think a beautiful thing here we see is Leia's burgeoning connection to the Force as Luke reaches out to her. Because Yoda spoke of another to Obi-Wan after Luke left. 
I'm still not sure he was talking about later. Because he says, that boy was our only hope, Obi-Wan says. That boy was our only hope. Yeah. Because they're convinced if he goes and faces Vader now, he's going to die. Yeah. Obi-Wan says, he was our only hope, and Yoda says, there, there is another. No. There is another. <laughs> yeah, as, as he's leaving the swamp. With the dramatic spotlight, too. Yeah, with, yes, with the, dramatic with the, the afterburners mm-hmm. of the X-Wing. Mm-hmm. Highlighting his ears, so we <laughs> get a little foreshadowing of yeah. that as as he reaches out to Leia and Leia's senses, and then we see him having some emotional force contact with Vader as he's in the recovery on the on the ship, you know, with his hand being bandaged up, and you he refers to him as father. As father, yeah, he acknowledges yeah. father. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, this movie just ends in such a tough spot. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. So let's cheer ourselves up by giving out some awards. Oh, I love hanging some awards on the mantle. What do, we, what do right. we have for this week, Jamie? So, um, we have some standards. We've got the standards, and we've got one extra that Dwayne, I'm going to give full credit for. This was Dwayne's baby, and it's brilliant. <laughs> We're going to save it for last. Okay. So we've got, the, we've got the one we always do. We always give out a best scene. Um, I think we should give our guests. Yeah, I'd say we start with Jamie and work our way okay. around the table. Okay. Mm-hmm. Best scene. Best scene. Well, I already kind of built it up so i guess i have to go with it the uh the the han and leia exchange right before the east frozen and carbonite i think that may be one of the one of the rightest answers there's uh, a few. that was what i was gonna say actually you can if it's you the can, right answer everybody yeah. can pick yeah, it. yeah we've, we've had right answers on yeah. the show before so if it's the right yeah. answer honey it's okay i love you yeah <laughs> she knows i know <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have to agree. That is one of my favorite scenes. Um, although I really do like the scenes where they're they're imprisoned and uh, when 3PO comes back mm-hmm. and he's like, Darth Vader, he's here! And yeah. they're all like, we know. <laughs> A little bit late, Goldenrod. <laughs> uh, my, my vote is the, the Luke Vader duel. Uh, that's, for me, that's the peak of this movie. Yeah. All right. So, of course, I always go off script here. <laughs> so, I love the dialogue between Han and 3PO. Okay? It, at the point where they're in the belly of the beast and the asteroid, and 3PO is like, Sir, it's quite possible this asteroid is not entirely stable. <laughs> not entirely stable. Glad you're here to tell us these things. Chewie, take the professor in the back and plug him into the hyperdrive. <laughs> you know, it, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. I love that dialogue, that humor <clears throat> that Anthony Daniels and Harrison Ford pull off there. Right. I just yeah. I crack up every time. And that's yeah. what yeah. that's what's missing from the prequels. Yeah. You know? That yeah. really is. It that, really is. Yeah. It's, it's true. a much more mature plot line and script. Now I knew that you guys would all pick all the right answers, and you all have. So I'm going to go to one very specific moment between two very not primary characters in here. In the scene where they're torturing Han in the room, the, the door closes, Vader comes out, and he walks away. And you see Lando and Boba Fett just exchange a look. Lando looks at Boba Fett like I'm going to punch you in the face and you see Boba Fett just turn to Lando like go ahead and try it (laughs) that exchange just gets me every time just that brief moment gets me every time (laughs) I love it (laughs) 
That's a cool little moment. That's yeah, a good, it's, that's it a good choice. It's the wrong answer, but it's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> so next we've got the best quote. And Jim, we're gonna, you want to go first oh, again? I, I'll need some time to think on this okay. one. Okay. I, I think it's secondary. Uh, that's a good question. We'll let you go last. We'll come back around to you. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if this is the right answer or not. This is a special one. For my me and my family, um, my, when my kids like, I, I give them like you know some you know something to do or a task or something. They always say, "Well, Dad, I'll try," and I always say every time, "Do or do not. There, there is, is no, no try." try. Yeah. I've said that so many times they forgot I was quoting Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we were rewatching it, when when Yoda says that hurt. My, my youngest her head just snaps over like she remembers like oh yeah you yeah, stole that that's is... not a daddy line so that, that <laughs> I just I love that line uh, okay so once again I, I go to Han because I think you know they, they kind of gave Harrison Ford some really great lines mm-hmm. and, and I think one of the lines there, there's two lines in this movie I use a lot my favorite never tell me the odds all right. The other, your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Okay. <laughs> Which I say every cold morning in winter on bus duty to whoever's on bus <laughs> duty with me. I'll look at them and we'll go, hey, your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. They don't get it. But so be <laughs> But never tell me the odds. My favorite line. Well, Sam, my favorite line is the very next line from your Tauntaun will freeze before you reach the first marker. Then I'll see you in hell. I just love that. That's that's one of my go-to's when someone says, you know, well, I'll see you. I'll see you in hell. <laughs> yeah, there's and and um, Sam. I mean, Jamie, of course, has probably the best. You know, there is no try. You know, and I do that with my kids all the time too. So. Yeah, I see, uh, I see some okay. head scratching yeah, and some to... sweat rolling over here no, as we're is... pondering over the... This is a very quotable movie. I know. It's, it really is. There's so is. many. Yeah. There's so many. It's tough. Um, let's see. I'm trying to... There's one I use. It's not really a quotable, but it's a phrase that I've used uh, in my relationship uh, with, with Heather where Han refers to the princess as your worshipfulness. Yeah. <laughs> I love his name. Yes. Your, your highnessness, yeah. your worshipfulness. Yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh gosh. I think I'll, I had to get the exact quote, but the, uh, but Darth Vader, uh, to Lando, I'm altering this deal, pray I don't alter it any further. Yes. yes. It's, it's, it's such a hardcore line. It's a, it's a yeah. boss movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's just getting worse. Yep. <laughs> Every minute. <laughs> ah, laugh it up, fuzzball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a great one. Yes. That's a great one. There's also Leia's line, you don't understand women as well as you think you do. <laughs> yeah. I actually have a Chewbacca collection at home of plus Chewbacca. I love Chewbacca. I love yep. Chewbacca. I love the story when he uh, when they reintroduced him on set in The Force Awake and they were worried at one point that the costume would wear out because everyone had to hug it. <laughs> um. All right, so our next award is Best Character. Do you want to go first on this one or do you want to wait again? I'll go first because I don't want anyone else to say it. Okay. I think in terms of development, it's probably Han, mm. but in terms of heartstrings, it's Leia. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I, I tend yep. to agree with that. 
I second that emotion. Alright, I'm, I'm gonna throw a curveball then. Um, Lando tries really hard to steal this movie. Uh, I feel like he owns every scene he's in. He yep. tries really hard. But I think this is Luke's movie. Um, I, I, I gave the best character to Han in the first movie. Um, I think Luke edges him out here. Uh, I just I love every moment Luke's on screen in this movie. I know he's a little whiny on Dagobah, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> but I just I just think yeah. there's so much about Luke in this movie and his relationships to the people who are training him and the people who are after him. I just love everything about it that Luke's involved in this movie. Sounds awesome. Um, you know, because of the award after this one, I had to kind of change up. You know, so my best the best character for me. You know, hands down is Han Solo. You know, I I grew up loving Han. That was my favorite action figure in the set. And the Han Bespin was probably, the Han Bespin and the Han Hoth were actually my two favorite Han Solo action figures out of all of them. So I have to kind of go with Han there. Uh, And only because the next award I had to go with the other one. So. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've kind of uh, hemmed myself into a corner with with a few. uh, outside things here as far as best character best bounty hunter i know everyone's got one i have a bubba fett guitar that uh, has been painted custom from head to top front to back neck and everything with mandalorian helmets the the mythosaur skull i think Dwayne's about to cheat <laughs> so, but I'm See, gonna go, I'm at, I had to watch it. I'm, I'm gonna go to my best character. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I said there. You know, I'm a huge Boba Fett fan. Best character, as far as character growth, this is gonna be an odd one. Chewbacca. Yeah. <clears throat> we see him mechanicing, you know, on the Falcon constantly in this movie. We see him really have some struggles. We see him making fun of Han. He was just a fun character to always yep. always have around. Yep. Jim. Well, for best character, I'm going to go with Vader, actually, mm-hmm. because the whole movie revolves around him and his his menace, and it, it finally it's a climactic scene. Um, you realize what he is, what a movie villain should be. Yeah. Uh, it, by the end of Empire, it's like, okay, what do we do? You know, it's like, how, how do they overcome at, at this point? And that's everything that you want out of a movie villain. Um, someone who seems uh, one unbeatable and has just totally broken the spirit of their of the heroes and mm-hmm. and you know this is this is what they have to come back from but how do they do it you know it's not going to be easy it's not something so clear cut uh, at all so um, I'll just as far as defining this movie I'll, I'll say you know, I'll go with Darth Vader Vader that's it's a rich movie that's when you've got answer. five people casting votes and you get five different answers five different, yeah. yeah that's a great answer. So we've already shown our hand on the next one here. The yeah, best it, bounty hunter. I thought you were going to cheat. I thought you were going to use it to pick two bounty hunters. <laughs> <laughs> the way you were I prefacing that, I thought you were about to pull a fast one. All right, so best bounty hunter. Y'all got I'll, 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 okay, well, yeah, well, it has to be Boba Fett because it's the costume and the design. Everything about him launched. I, it really had every kid's imagination mm-hmm. going. In between Empire and Jedi, what, you know, everyone had a different interpretation of what his costume did, you know, yeah. or, or what his what his persona was like, you know. He just had he didn't have much to go on, so, but he was such. I, I can't stress how cool his costume was. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, seeing that for the first time and, and, and what he represented, just the, the, sh the, the costume, the ship, and the lack of background just made that combination. It's, it's something that I remember immersing myself in uh, in the years between uh, Empire and Jedi. So, Well, and, and the silhouette of that character, right. you know, even in Attack of the Clones with Jango Fett, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the reason that, that everyone's excited about the Mandalorian right. is, is that costume, yeah. you know. So the best character does that savor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. I mean, hands down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, entirely awesome. For me, it would also be, you know, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, we were talking about this before the show, and I was one of the people that collected the action figures, and I also cut up the cards so that I could go off and get, you know, my Boba Fett. Mandalorian Boba Fett. I mailed away from my Boba Fett. Yep. What we've established on this show, it's, I think it's become kind of a joke at this point, that I'm a hipster at heart. <laughs> and if everybody else likes something, I've got to like something else. <laughs> and so I'm not picking Boba Fett. And the, the the character, I don't know anything about the guy. I don't know if it's a guy. I don't know anything. I love IG-88. There's something about the way that droid looks that's always just captured my imagination. So I'm going with IG-88. I love that weird-looking droid. I like it. The assassin droid. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, for me, obviously, it is, it's Bulba. You know, I mean, I, my backpack is an, attest, is an testament to that. Uh, but I will give an honorable mention. Okay, and and I I knew this at one point and forgot it, and you know how like you you'll hear something and and then it gets locked away and then you forget it to somebody says something. For Lom, all right. Does anybody know what that what for Lom stands for? For L O M. For L O M. For the love of money. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, if that's not a bounty hunter name for you, right there, people. So Bulba's great, but I give Forlom an honorable mention. <laughs> I am really surprised you didn't bust out with some MC Chris, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, you know Boba Fett is the right answer. Is the right answer. I'm gonna kind of take a note from Jamie over here and just go with an odd one, just because <clears throat> I remember. Everybody making fun of this guy wrapped in toilet paper. Or Dingar. Dingar. <laughs> and, and you don't know his name, but I remember reading in the in the EU he was actually a would race Han. And the re, and he was an Imperial who had had his uh, mind messed with to destroy emotions and whatever. And he crashed a, a speeder by racing Han, and it messed with him even more. And he was just completely psychotic. Yeah. So if you look into his, a little bit of his history, he's kind of crazy, kind of a crazy character. And there is a, a series of books called, um, oh, um, Tales of the Bounty Hunter, I think. Uh, it's a three-book series about Boba Fett being ejected from the Sarlacc pit. And Dengar actually helps nurse him back to hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've read those. At one point. Those were very interesting. Yeah. If, if we did a Star Wars episode and Dwayne didn't mention the EU, I would know the body snatchers had arrived. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is how you will know when the scroll arrived. And we also know he's been at this a while because he still refers to it as the EU, the EU. Instead, instead of, of Legends. legends. No. <laughs> it will never be Legends. It will always be the EU for me. Be. I agree with you. 
So we have one more award to kind of breeze through really quickly. Um, and uh, this was this was kind of my my thing, and I'm sticking it on here. But this was the best multimedia release tie-in to a movie years after the original release. The name of this is Shadows of the Empire. Um, it was uh, it was released on novel told one story, the video game told a different story, and the comic books told comic a different told story a different of uh, yes. Dash Rendar and uh, mm-hmm. them trying to get uh, Han Solo before Prince he Shizor made and the to, Black Sun. Yeah, before he made it to uh, Jabba's Palace. Yeah, you have a, a lot of neat characters introduced. But if you love Star Wars, please dive into that just a little bit. And I'll shut up and we'll move on. <laughs> but you no, know what? I have an answer to this, too. Oh, go ahead, please. Um... We were going to do a rewatch of this movie right before the podcast, and it just didn't happen due to timing. Yeah. But I found on YouTube this amazing thing called Empire Strikes Back Uncut. Yeah, you were telling me about this, please. And it was actually, um, Lucasfilm had a contest. They People sent in fan films where they recreated um, Empire. And then they went and they sliced it all together to recreate the movie. Based, and it's all little pieces of the fan films with the, the dialogue in place. Cool. And it is amazing. If you haven't seen it, just Google Empire Strikes Back Uncut. And it's great. Well, it's on YouTube. Well, if we're doing this, I've got one. Okay, let's go. So... Uh, I don't know who all have seen these. There's these things called bad li- ba- the bad lip reading videos. Yes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The Empire Strikes Back one is the best. Now, are you talking about the Empire Strikes Back one with the dialogue, or are you talking about the song? The because song. the song is going to be at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's my pick. That song is my pick. Seagulls, stop it now. Which right. is Yoda trading Luke. If you mm-hmm. guys haven't seen it, it is oh, glorious. <laughs> Please watch the video, but the song has. A, I mean, it's so so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Jamie, we're here talking about Star Wars, but we cannot leave out our beloved, our hero, our savior from the Matrix. Our possible Namor the Submariner. (laughs) Keanu himself. Where is Keanu connected to this movie? Okay, well, um, we detailed my struggles with A New Hope. Uh, (laughs) I I feel so bad for you. It didn't happen this time, though. It was a very different story. One of the new actors in this movie had an easy Keanu connection. And so um, he also had one of the most bizarre IMDb pages I've ever seen. So this guy I'm talking about has done tons of TV, TV work, from legendary shows to shows you've never heard of, video game voice acting, cheesy religious movies, Steven Seagal movies, rom-coms, animated voice work, including seemingly every Pixar movie. There's your first clue. Oh, okay. But most importantly, before co-starring with Keanu in Toy Story 4, John Ratzenberger Uh played Rebel Force Major Derlin in The Empire Strikes Back. And that is our Keanu (laughs) Cage. That was that was a very direct one. I think uh, your Independence Day was your toughest. Yeah. And that that really was a struggle, I know, for you. And I'm glad <laughs> that this one gave you a bit of a break. Yes. <laughs> and I will tell you, Keanu is glorious as Duke Kaboom <laughs> in, in Toy Story 4. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, now we're going to get into our Keeping It 100. Now, as we do with guests, um, 
We're going to turn this uh, to our friends here, Jim and Heather, and they can either do it unified or uh, each one pitches something. It's completely up to you guys, so I will leave it to you then. Jamie Just a second. Getting is getting the timer so ready. So we pitch it to you. You've got you have 100 seconds. Anything you want. Anything Any, nerdy you want to pitch, you've got 100 seconds. Go crazy for 100 seconds. Whatever you want to pitch. That's why it's called keeping it 100. Okay, it's hold on one second. We felt clever when we named it thing. <laughs> okay. so, I mean, is it a pitch to like the universe, or is it yeah, a pitch it's a, to? It's a pitch to us. It's a pitch to whoever's listening. Well, our, read this, our, watch our this, is, listen to this. This yeah. is awesome, and you should be checking it out. Oh, okay. Because we're plugging something that. Well, kind of our gimmick is that we're a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. We're playing mm-hmm. off our theory and stuff, and so this is your chance to see, give us a quest, a pop culture quest to go on. Okay. So let me see, honey. You, you have something to. I'm thinking. I'm not sure if Heather's allowed. She threw shade at Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, I'm going to stand my issues with Tombstone. I think that movie is so unbelievably homoerotic. I mean, for example, there's that one scene where he's taking the gun out and putting it in the other guy's mouth, and he's giving him the look. <laughs> or when he's talking about... I'll be your Huckleberry. I just, I mean, I just, I mean, I seriously walked away from that going, oh my God, the gay chemistry in this movie. And I'm not saying this to put it down. I am a big ally and supporter. But I'm just saying there was just so much chemistry between all those guys. That's it. Okay. Great movie. I, so was that 100 seconds? I think she I, just bashed Tombstone for her keeping it yeah. 100. <laughs> I, I don't think I could follow that. I think we will just leave it at that. That's my girlfriend, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it stays in the ring of honor. <laughs> and, and, you know, all those are valid points. They're, they're valid points. They're there. I mean, let's see. I still love it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but on a serious note, we can plug. You want to? What are we gonna? Hurtcon and Wellcon. Okay. Yes. We can do that. Keep. Um, just uh, keep your eyes open on the Wellcon fa- Facebook page and the Hurtcon Facebook page. Um, yeah, for updates, and uh, we hope to see you guys there. That was the fastest keeping 100 ever. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's, and that's cool. Oh, I didn't know if we had to. Oh, we're coming down from yeah, that. Okay. Oh, I thought I thought you were going the other direction. <laughs> no, so I had no, idea. Okay. I the- um, have you guys ever thought about? Um, you guys haven't done a, a Warriors movie, have you? Uh, a podcast. It's on the list. Uh, it's on po- the list. Okay. Yeah. Please, please, please. I. I the Warriors Jim are going to come out to play. Jim I have is seen that movie more than any other movie uh, in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, I put it on the yeah. list. Yeah. And I hope that we can go uh, original cut versus the director's cut. And um, I've I have never a lot seen to the say. director's cut. Ooh. I've never seen the director's Ooh, cut. That's the one that if you get a Blu-ray now that, or a DVD oh. now, that's the cut that you'll, no. you'll get. Okay. You, it's hard to find the original cut now. Maybe, I've only, yeah. maybe I haven't seen the original cut yet. Okay. Um, did you see the version with You've seen the version with the comic style panels within the movie. No. Okay, that's the that's the that's what that's what got released on DVD. That's the director's cut. Nice. And I'm not a big fan of it, but okay. uh, you, it's something that you guys should look up. It, before the Warriors podcast, you need to see that. I uh, need to watch it. Um, I have my own opinion of it. I couldn't. It's a tough one to make it through for me for a Warriors purist, but 
Um, I love everything about that movie. I, I really wow. do. Cool. Um, so if you guys, please, I would love to be a guest on the on the Warriors podcast. Well, that sounds like a great thing, and it is on the list, so we'll have to yeah, we'll have to It'll, schedule that. Yeah, the plan for next year is just a rotating us. Which mm-hmm. like we've had the, the Star Wars theme all right. year this year. Next year is going to be rotating. The war I, the Warriors will be one of my picks early next year. Okay. Oh, wonderful. And you're welcome because, to come. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. we. We'd love to have you back yeah. to do Warriors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Either one yeah. or either one or both of you are more than welcome to come back anytime. I don't think Heather, have you, babe, have you seen the Warriors? I wasn't getting any Warriors. Did you watch the whole? Did you watch the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I completely appreciate everything that you're feeling, and I validate. You know, I know it's coming from a deep and sincere place. I would never want to make my boyfriend feel awkward or small. Too late. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a lot of guys walking around without shirts on in there. So That's what I like. I'll, we'll hang out, I'll hang out. I'll hang out with the Canards. We'll watch Tombstone and the Warriors, and you can stay home. <laughs> Okay, before we create any more uh, you know, disharmony in here, let's, let's let's pitch our next quest to get out of here. <laughs> our next quest. I am so excited about this next quest. I'm as excited about this next quest as I am any Star Wars episode we're doing right now. We're venturing out to the the edge. We're going to watch Firefly. That's right. Did I the rim? Did I say it? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Too much Star Wars this year. <laughs> yeah. So we are going to be talking about Firefly and Serenity, um, the movie that wrapped it up uh, that I completely saw before I even knew Firefly was a thing. So that's my story. So here's yeah. here's here's the dichotomy we have in the room. I saw Serenity before I even knew Firefly existed. Then I watched Firefly. Jamie has saw it in chronological order. Firefly. Well, I, well, kind of. I watched it on here, Fox, out of order. Well, out of order. <laughs> but I Sam, bought the DVDs. Sam has it. just finished it for the first time. Ne- oh, I, wow. ne- I never watched it. Did you watch it, it from series then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So he, he saw it the correct order. So we'll have three very, very neat uh, takes on this. And I'll tell you, I just love these characters. I love this show. You have Jane, Alan Tudyk, uh, Wash, Shepard Book. They're great. I mean, you can't go wrong with these guys. Yeah. And Joss Whedon hat. directing. Yeah. Yeah, you got a Jane hat as I well. I made one. Uh, no. Uh, my, my wife said Jane Jane. she's needed me, I think, more than one Jane Cobb hat at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care how hot it is next time we record, I'll be wearing the Jane Cobb hat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we record. I'll have to listen because I have, I have problems with Firefly. I really do. There's hey, some uh, serious hey, problems. Hey, Jim, yeah. that's, that's the yeah, door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, that was our uh, episode for uh, Empire Strikes Back. Remember to please follow us on Facebook, where we're most active. Also, we have some Instagram presence as well. Uh, Hopefully going to be doing some stuff to get a little bit more out there in the world. As always, keep it nerdy. And That was my line. I'm confused now. (laughs) (laughs) I did kind of screw that up, didn't I? Well, I screwed the pooch on that one. (laughs) So I guess I did not. I didn't even try. Because there is no trial. Penny for your thoughts. I hate Brenda, and a bad guy hit me in the shin, and I peed all on my pants. <laughs> nothing a little music can't help. Rockin', rockin' and rollin'. 
seagulls poking my head. Not fun. I said seagulls. Mm, stop it now. Sort of pitchy. Hmm. Didn't like it. Listen, man, I'm not your friend. Hmm. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Stop it now. 